1: Have you ever wondered why the news plays the same five stories again and again? Let me give you a little hint. Brainwashing and repetition is the most basic form of brainwashing. Join me as we look at the news cycle and talk about why the mainstream media is so gutless and afraid to report the truth. Welcome to Troubled Minds News. I am your host, Michael Strange, and, well, this is the show where the conspiracy is the news where does it go that the news is the conspiracy i don't know it's something like that but uh i think that really rounds out the truth of the matter and why we've uh had to, uh, had to really do our own news show here just because well uh the news the news folks the news slangers the new the news you know th- those people that try and give us information well they're dishonest and uh because of course we have billionaires that don't have uh, the interest of people. They have power in mind, and so they buy these uh, corporate conglomerates of uh, you know media uh, um, liars <laughs> and uh, tell them what to lie about. And so here we are. I mean, uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And uh, like I like I always say, this is this is a post truth world and so our job is to try and figure out um what what that even means anymore and so we're uh, we're going to keep on doing that keep on thinking about these things and uh keep on considering that yeah they're lying to us and uh we're going to look at the news and try not to politicize it uh which again is all the, all they ever do right if you ever if you kind of look at the news cycles it's always 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 just uh just politics, politics, politics. And if it isn't, then they take something that really shouldn't be politics, and then they spin it into... Some other political BS and it's 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 a shame and that's just the way it is. And well, so here we are trying to combat that that uh, flow of disinformation with uh, real news as it were. So uh, that's what's going on with this show. That's what this show is uh, part of a a larger show called Troubled Minds Radio. We talk about all kinds of weird shit over there, including aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal and, uh, uh, you know, kind of consciousness and really some other pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, But We started doing news segments on that show a while back and they just got larger and larger because there's too much to talk about. So, well, here we are doing our own news show because why not, right? As uh, Robert out there says, uh, you don't need a TV studio, Mike. You got one right there. Yeah, sure do. Thanks to OBS and uh, amazing people that create amazing software, we're able to... uh, emulates uh, good quality production thanks to uh, the hard work of other folks so uh, I don't mind standing on the shoulders of giants just uh, let's not uh, take the technology and abuse it shall we let's not turn into more lying dirty propagandists okay so uh, with all that said that's what's going on with the show we're going to talk about uh, some news stories today like we always do and it's always current uh, within you know uh, several days here just to make sure that uh, you guys are not missing some things that maybe maybe you shouldn't uh, so that's what's up. So also, by the way, we do this live. We've always done this show live. If you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can also join the Discord at troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link, and it'll give you a direct invite. And everything you need is on troubledminds.org. There you go. There you go. That probably rounds us out, tells us what we need to know, and uh, gets us to the start of uh, this. Let's, let us let's begin, shall we? This is from NPR, National Public Radio. Radio, oh, one of my favorites, one of my favorites. uh, Government-funded propaganda, but uh, interestingly, check this out. Yep, ESPN's Allison Williams explains why she's giving up her job over a vaccine mandate. That's weird. I mean, you'd figure, you know, if you're a a reporter for ESPN, probably have a decently high paying job, good benefits and, uh, you know, uh, some clout that goes along with it. Uh, I'm told these are desirable jobs. Uh, And yet and yet and yet. She well, yeah, uh, is is quitting over a vaccine mandate. And uh, here we go. ESPN college basketball and football reporter Allison Williams has joined a small minority of workers who have quit or been fired from their jobs over a vaccine mandate. Quote, I've been denied my request for accommodation by ESPN and the Walt Disney Company, and effective next week, I will be separated from the company, she said in a video posted to Instagram on Friday. And yeah, well... Um it's a shame, right? This is, this is again, uh, the world we're, li- we're living in. And she even requested uh, accommodation, and they denied this. And, well, okay, let's read a little bit more. ESPN's parent company, Disney, had announced a vaccine mandate over the summer with a deadline of this Friday, October 22nd. In early September, Williams shared on Twitter that she decided not to get a COVID-19 vaccine while she and her husband were trying to have a second child. Quote, taking the vaccine at this time is not in my interest, she wrote. Uh, The CDC has urged people who are pregnant or might become pregnant to get vaccinated, saying there is currently no evidence showing COVID-19 vaccines cause fertility problems and no data pointing to an increased risk of miscarriage among people who received an mRNA vaccine during pregnancy. Okay, well, um, there's that. Uh, Let's see what she has to say. Let's see if this is too long. Let's uh, play the video itself and hear in her own words how she describes this.
2: So I know I've been a bit uh, mum since releasing the statement I put out a few months ago now regarding my decision to not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. I just want to give everybody an update on my situation with ESPN. And a great producer once told me, don't bury the lead. So I have been denied my request for accommodation by ESPN and the Walt Disney Company. And effective next week, I will be separated from the company. Um, First of all, thank you, everyone who reached out and texted, emailed, called, um, messaged me. I can't tell you how much light it brought in a really dark and difficult time. And I've also had a lot of people and women in particular reach out and share their stories in regards to fertility and getting the injection. And to the women who got it and and are having successful pregnancies and have babies in their arms, I'm beyond thrilled for you. Um, congratulations. That's, that's amazing and terrific. And I, I believe you. To the women who have reached out and shared their experiences of getting the injection and subsequent miscarriages, menstrual irregularities, um, periods after menopause, I am so sorry that that is your experience. And I pray for you. And um, I believe you. Belief is a word I've been thinking about a lot lately, because in addition to the medical apprehensions regarding um, my desire to have another child in regards to receiving this injection, I am also so morally and ethically not aligned with this. And I've had to really dig deep and analyze my values and my morals. And um, ultimately I need to put them first.
1: Okay, I think that's probably enough. If you want to watch it, you guys have the link. As always, you know me. Uh, in the in, in an effort of transparency, which is what nobody ever does anymore, uh, I actually share my links and my sources and where I get information. I'm not just making shit up. So, here we go. This is from NPR, National Public Radio, and this is, uh, unfortunately, Allison Williams of ESPN uh, asking for an accommodation on the COVID-19 vaccine uh, because she's uh, trying to have another child and she thinks that uh, it may be detrimental to that effect. And, of course, because the CDC says no, that that's not a thing at all. Well, then she's just expected to, uh, well, either take it or uh, get fired. And so she's deciding to get fired. And uh, interestingly, I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago, and he's saying that uh, he's he was um, he works as a police officer and had an unfortunate incident, got uh, let go from his job. Uh, but it turns out that uh, m- meaning nobody got hurt. Everybody's fine. It wasn't like that. It was uh, some stupid administrative thing. But, uh, but he was saying that uh, it, it kind of doesn't matter because uh, uh, apparently a ton of police officers are also quitting because of the vaccine mandates. And uh, they're like, no, nah, no, thanks. So people are literally just retiring or quitting. And uh, there's these huge I mean, uh, the, the police departments were um, actually uh, 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 understaffed per, uh, previously. Uh, but uh, now it's uh, it's becoming uh, worse and worse and worse, and so they're trying to they're trying to snap up as many uh, people with experience as possible. It's a it's crazy world we live in. But anyway, uh, as usual, right? What do you guys think about this? About uh, these vaccine mandates? About people asking for accommodations for maybe childbearing and things like this, and getting it shut down. And so uh, as a result, they they have to quit. They they have to be terminated from their jobs. It's uh I think it's one of those terrible situations that we uh in, in uh, the terrible world that. Uh, uh, they're trying to make us live in and like i say i don't think it's a terrible world i think that uh, the vision that they're trying to make us um, uh, swallow of what the world should be uh, will end up being a terrible place if they continue down the path but uh, uh, and again that's among many things not just these vaccine mandates and everything else but just uh, just letting you know uh, that i don't know i don't have the answers you guys know me Uh, It's up to you. What do you believe? And uh, uh, here's uh, some more information for you. So there you go. All right. So uh, as you know, you can be part of the show. If you have uh, comments on this, questions, or anything else, we're watching the phone lines, watching the Discord. Actually, am I in the Discord? Yes, I am right now. There we go. And if you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And let's keep on trucking, shall we? Let's go to uh, space.com dot uh, space.com. One of those great ones where um, it's it's l- uh, more and more difficult to politicize news from space.com, but uh, they find a way to do it anyway. So here we go. This is from uh, uh, an asteroid just zipped past Earth closer than the moon's orbit. Dun-dun-dun. And, of course, right, you say that, and it's like the headline, the clickbait. Oh, no. But then the sub-headline is, there was never a threat to our planet. Right. But if they if they put there was never a threat to our planet, uh, then, well, you know, there wouldn't be a headline at all, would there? <laughs> no, nobody's interested in that. A bus sized asteroid made a harmless close pass by our planet on Sunday, October 17th, uh, asteroid 2021 TG one Passed by Earth at a distance of roughly 155,000 miles Uh, That's well within the orbit of our moon Which orbits at an average distance of nearly 239,000 miles Uh, NASA is always interested in close passes like this Just in case astronomers can get some valuable telescope time For a rare close-up glimpse of a small world Uh, Asteroids are leftover fragments from the early solar system When our neighborhood was a collection of icy and stony small objects Before the planets were formed Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes. Um, I, I like to to point these out because uh, this is clickbait. This is a science clickbait. This is um, a, as they continue to do right. Like I said, it's it's pretty tough to not have um, new asteroid, uh, you know, close passes happening um, in in the news like twice a week. It's like. You know, uh, apparently it still makes money because people go, oh, God, is this the end? Is this the Armageddon? Is this, is this the time? Is it time to start praying or start digging the bunker? Um, I don't know. Uh, but but it is uh, notable that, uh, uh, you know, I always say the Daily Mail and places like this, they you know, they always sensationalize. Uh, any kind of asteroid that flies by, and it's like, oh, my God, it's super close. It's closer than the moon, and we're all going to die. And I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. We're not all going to die. It just whizzed by, and it was all fine. Yeah, Anyway. Uh, so, so as you know, NASA's uh, tracking all this stuff and uh, trying to make sure that we don't get hit by a big one, and uh, there's weird weirdness to this as well, because it, you can only track so many of them, and if, you, if something comes from behind the sun, we're going to miss it, because well, it's the sun's in our eyes, literally, uh, telescope-wise and everything else, and we haven't cataloged every single rock in space, so, well, there's always a risk of this, and uh, it happens from time to time when, you know, uh, uh, like a meteor punches through your house and lands on the pillow next to you, which happened last week to some lady, which seems terrifying. But, uh, you know, things like this happen. But, uh, interestingly, as always, right, there's, there's the clickbait of an asteroid. just zipped past earth closer than the moon's orbit. Uh, but oh, there was never a threat to our planet. So there you go. There you go. Uh, never a threat. Uh, do not be afraid. And, uh, yeah, let's keep on trucking. There you go. Uh, what's up? James says uh, in the chat, news. Yes, can't have news without fear porn. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. Uh, you got to be scared. If you're not scared, you ain't watching the news. And if you're watching the news and you ain't scared, they ain't doing their job. They got to ratchet it up. All right, let's keep on trucking. There's more here. There's, uh, speaking of like, uh, the solar system and some interesting stuff, this is pretty cool. This is from phys.org, P-H-Y-S.org. Uh, Astronomers' research suggests magnetic tunnel. Surrounds our solar system Uh, A University of Toronto Astronomer's research suggests the solar system Is surrounded by a magnetic tunnel That can be seen in radio waves Jennifer West, a research associate, Associate at the Dunlap University for Astronomy and Astrophysics Is making a scientific case That two bright structures seen On opposite sides of the sky previously considered to be separate are actually connected and are made of rope-like filaments. The connection forms what looks like a tunnel around our solar system. Uh, The data results of uh, West's research have been published in the Astrophysical Journal. She says this, if we were to look up in the sky, we would see this tunnel-like structure in just about every direction we looked. Thus, if we had eyes, uh, that is, if we had eyes that could see Radio light called the North Polar Spur and the fan region. Astronomers have known about these two structures for decades. West says, but most scientific explanations have focused on them individually. West and her colleagues by contrast, believe they are the first astronomers to connect them as a unit. Made up of charged particles and a magnetic field, the structures are shaped like long ropes. They are located about 350 light-years away from us and are about 1,000 light-years long that's that's big that's long that's uh that's significance uh quote that's the equivalent distance of traveling between toronto and vancouver two trillion times west says wow toronto and vancouver i don't even know where those are i'm just kidding it's clearly canada but other than that i mean i don't know how there's no there's no reference come on you got to help us americans out throw us a bone Uh, Anyway, West has been uh, thinking about these features on and off for 15 years, ever since she first saw a map of the radio sky. More recently, she built a computer model that calculated what the radio sky would look like from Earth as she varied the shape and location of the long ropes. The model allowed West to build build the structure around us and showed her what the sky would look like through our telescopes. It was this new perspective that helped her match the model to the data. So, yeah, interesting that uh, surrounds our solar system, but they're talking about light years. They're talking about this is a very, very long distance here. Uh, so it's not just simply around our uh, actual uh, solar system. Uh, it's it's it's. um. Significantly larger than that. And so we've talked about portals and other things and, uh, you know, maybe... I guess you could call this sort of a magnetic slipstreams of sorts, things like this. Uh, apparently, it's real. Apparently, uh, there's there's huge, you know, huge, huge, huge light years long sort of these ropes or filaments, as they're being called, uh, that that do surround uh, not just the solar system, but go for a very long distance past that. And you know, a given you know the laws of physics and some other things, magnetic fields, uh, we've talked about ley lines here on Earth. Maybe uh, this is sort of the ley lines of the cosmos. Uh, as it were, which seems pretty cool. Pretty cool if uh, you think in terms of, uh, well, uh, unknown things, because, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, pretty good stuff here, and uh, what's going on? I see you guys in the chat. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for hanging out. If you want to be part of the show, you know what to do. Give us a call at 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org, and we'll put you on the show. Let's go to this. This is, uh, yep, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, NASA's Perseverance rover captures the sounds of Mars. Let's listen to some of this. This is uh, pretty good stuff, and uh, it is a, a taxpayer-funded taxpayer situation, so I think we can probably get away with playing this. So let's play this. Uh, open mic on Mars. Let's see what's going on on Mars.
3: On NASA's Perseverance Mars Rover, we have not one, but two microphones. And these microphones are the very first instruments of their kind ever to go to Mars. I'm Nina Lanza, and I'm a scientist at Los Alamos National Laboratory.
4: Hi, I'm Justin Mackey, an imaging scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. One of the microphones is mounted on the mast and moves around as we point the cameras. The other microphone is mounted to the rover body, and it stays fixed onto the port side of the rover.
3: The two microphones that we sent were commercial off-the-shelf items. So these are things that you could just buy on the Internet, and we put these on our rover.
4: It gives us a new dimension for which we can explore Mars and learn about the Martian environment.
0: First...
1: Isn't that strange to you? Uh, let me just interrupt the the the, the video here. That they just like you know ordered some some uh some microphones from like Best Buy or something and like put them on a Mars rover <laughs> Does that seem strange to anybody uh, anyway, let's keep on trucking.
3: First, we can just learn about the atmosphere by understanding how sound propagates through it. Uh, But we can also listen to the sounds of rover analyses on rocks and learn about rock material properties from that. And finally, we can also listen to the sounds the rover makes to understand better the state of health of our instruments.
4: There's a difference between Mars and Earth sounds. Sounds on Earth have very rich harmonics. You can hear multiple frequencies, it gives a really nice depth to the sound. On Mars, the atmosphere attenuates a lot of those higher frequencies. So you tend to hear the lower frequencies, and it's a much more isolated sound, a little more muted than the sounds we hear on Earth.
3: We've put together a list of some of the sounds we've recorded on Mars to date. So let's take a listen.
4: This is the sound of wind on Mars.
1: Alright, we're going to hear these sounds in just a sec, but uh, I uh, got too excited to hear the sounds of Mars, so let's actually take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor, which is you. Be right back with some more Sounds of Mars. Are you digging the show? If so, you can support us quite easily and at no additional cost to you if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Since we stream on Twitch every day, all you have to do is link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and they give you free games on a monthly basis for your personal use and also a bonus five dollars a month to send to your favorite streamer as a way to bring more people to twitch and all you have to do is sync up to two accounts and click subscribe thanks for considering us okay back to sounds on mars here we go wind blowing on mars
4: for the first time we can hear the wind blowing across the surface of mars to go along with all of the images that we've acquired of dust devils and dust storms over the many years of exploration on the surface.
3: This is the sound of the rover driving on Mars. This sound might be a little bit weird because it doesn't sound like a regular driving sound, but that's because the rover's wheels are made of metal. So this metal is rolling over rocks and sand and it makes this really clanky, squeaky sound.
4: Next, we have the SuperCam laser zapping rocks. We've taken a lot of pictures of rocks that have been zapped by the SuperCam, little marks in the rocks. And for the first time, we can hear these laser shots.
3: When it zaps a rock, it actually makes a sound. We can listen to that sound and learn something about the properties of the rock that we're analyzing. This is one of my absolute favorite sounds. This is the sound of a helicopter flying on Mars. Oh, snap. We used this sound to actually understand the propagation of sound in general through the Martian atmosphere. And it turns out that we were totally wrong with our models. The Martian atmosphere can propagate sound a lot further than we thought it could. We've all seen these beautiful images that we get from from Mars, but having sound to be able to add to those images, it makes me feel like I'm almost right there on the surface.
1: Yeah, thanks NASA. Good stuff. Uh, I like to hear those uh, the, the the audio stuff from from uh, from Mars and the rest of this because, uh, well, why not? Uh, if uh, if this is this is like they're telling us, then uh, we're and we're hearing sounds from wherever it's happening. Uh, there's a uh, yeah, there's some there's some weirdness to this, um, and uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. I don't know. Uh, pretty good stuff. I like that uh, that uh, this is happening with with. Um, with NASA and with you know the rovers on Mars and this stuff I don't know what do you guys think again you know some people believe that this isn't uh, isn't space at all you know that this is the Nevada desert or somewhere in Canada or something like this right and they're they're faking it or I don't know I'm not uh, I'm not that guy I don't believe those those things uh, you know I think and I think uh, just a, a note on that type of stuff is that there there seems to be a um I don't know like this conspiracy uh i don't know like like just just a word of warning you know uh just cuz you believe like one conspiracy doesn't mean all the conspiracies are true so just uh don't lose your discernment uh make sure that you are you're you know thinking in in larger terms of uh some of these conspiracies that you hear out there you know there's a lot of folks that are um uh, i don't know that would that would spread also uh not in the media that would spread disinformation um out of uh you know maybe ignorance or out of um sort of malicious intent who knows uh maybe just for clickbait just to make some money who knows i don't know but i like it's 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 almost impossible to nail down intentions of people sometimes, but i think it I think it is interesting that um uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, just, just, just a, just a word of caution. Uh, be, be, be careful to not just fall head, 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 head over heels into the rabbit holes because, uh, there are some dangerous places down there, meaning, uh, that there's, there's people lying to us there as well. So yeah, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty good stuff. Um, mars wind space all this i don't know like i said i don't know you tell me but uh just just be careful not to think that uh, the conspiracies are as deep as they are because sometimes that's uh not the case at all (laughs) at all remotely close okay so uh let's uh let's let's keep on trucking where we at time wise i think we're good yeah just want to point it out uh, make sure you know uh, you guys know this but uh, you know just 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 to throw it out there as a sometimes back off the conspiracy wagon for just a moment because it's uh, it can be a dangerous a slippery slope like like anything right but anyway let's keep on trucking uh, there's my there's my preach moment for the for the 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 afternoon all right so we have this from tech radar and this is pretty cool in case your uh, nightmares weren't scary enough yeah that's right Uh, A dog-sized scorpion once roamed the waters off prehistoric China. Yeah. The the massive mixopterid was nearly a meter in length. A prehistoric fossil of the of a sea scorpion, the size of a dog, has been uncovered in the Lower Silurian region of South China. The first time a large eurypterid has been found in this part of the world. The fossil fossil belongs to uh, this really long word. I'm not going to try and say a member of the. Mixopterids, a group of Eurypterids characterized by specialized arms lined with special teeth-like structures used to catch prey in a kind of basket catch as it stalked the seafloor. Quote, our knowledge of mix- mix-opterids is limited to only four species in two genera, said Professor Wang Bo of the Nanjing Institute of Geology and Paleontology of the Sci- Chinese Academy of Sciences in a statement. He continues, we're, we were all based on a few species fossil specimens from the Silurian Laurussia 80 years ago. Uh, so the discovery report in the Science Bulletin, Expands our understanding of the the distribution of such megafauna around the world and their incredible biological diversity. Uh, so this uh, this this particular uh, sea scorpion, dog-sized scorpion, was described as being a meter in length with particularly enlarged pro- prosomal limb characterized by a unique arrangement of spines. It stalked the shallow waters off the primordial supercontinent of. Gondwanan, which was one of the two pieces of the ancient singular landmass of Pangaea after it broke apart. It is believed to have lived between 443 million and 419 million years ago. Quote Our knowledge of these bizarre animals is limited to only four species and two genera. I already read that. Okay. Anyway, like I said, just in case your nightmares weren't frightening enough, uh, now you have a, a sea scorpion the size of a dog that I'm sure would be kind to people. <laughs> What's up, guys? I see you in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. What's going on? All right. So, um, yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're doing. We're kicking it, talking about the news. If you guys want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link, and we'll put you on the show. All right. Let's go to uh, this, com. Now, this is another pretty, pretty cool site. This is one of the ones that... Uh, you know is a little more difficult to politicize and they're kind of out there with some of the stuff they report so i love it so you know uh, why not if you're going to be out there let's be out there okay headline is this can einstein's forgotten theory of space solve the cosmology crisis decades ago einstein concocted a theory in which space doesn't just curve but swirls like a cyclone now it is making a comeback because it could fix several of the biggest problems in cosmology. Think about that. That's pretty wild, right? Not just, a space, not just a curvature of space, a swirling space like a cyclone. Long ago, people thought that empty space was just what it sounds like, a featureless void. But the more we have studied seeming emptiness, the more we have shown that it is far from the truth. The air around us is full of jostling gas molecules. In space proper, beyond our atmosphere, there are quantum fields and particles of light. Even the emptiest corner of interstellar wilderness isn't devoid of character because space itself can warp and curve. Uh, But what we still haven't got to the bottom of is what space is like, and in the middle of his career, Albert Einstein became convinced that general relativity, his great uh, theory of space and time, had missed a trick. Yes, space did warp and curve, but not in the way he had thought. And the the true twistiness of space was accounted for, he reckoned. It might bring us closer to a grand unified theory of physics. And here's the actual uh, article uh, discussing Einstein's theory and the rest of this. Yeah, there, there it is. What's up, Derek? It all goes back to vortexes. Vortexes and water portals. Here we are. And uh, uh, tossing some Lovecrafting and old ones for a great salad. And uh, you got a great salad. But uh, interesting uh, that this is, you know, this is one of those ones that doesn't, doesn't get a lot of play because... Uh, you know, as usual, the science decides what they're gonna run, run with and what they're not gonna run with, right? But, uh, this in particular, right, we're talking about, uh, one of the great minds of, uh, humanity, which was Albert Einstein, that was able to sort of, uh, you know, close his eyes and dream of these places and, and sort of, um, uh, derive what they were, uh, and how they worked, uh, with, with his imagination, with, uh, you know, sort of, Sort of like a supercomputer might simulate things. He was able to kind of close his eyes and travel through space and time, and be able to uh, maybe maybe create um, theories like this. And so, I don't know. This one this one's pretty cool. Like I said, uh, I I got the other link in there if you're gonna read about want to read about Einstein's. Uh, space swirling like a cyclone, but um, they're pretty cool stuff as usual, right? Uh, when you think about space and think about uh, the enormity of the universe, um, this is a, a very, very good thing. So there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, and where are we at? Uh, where are we at time-wise? I think we're good. Yeah, perfect. So let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. This is Trou- uh, Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. All right. Welcome back to Troubled Minds News. I am your host, Michael Strange, and let's keep on trucking. Let's do this. Uh, let's go to the New York Post, uh, one of the most other most, most trusted sources in news, <laughs> as they all are these days, right? Just ask them. Just ask them. They'll tell you, oh, we're totally unbiased. We're not going to give you the, the fake details. We're going to give you the real details. Okay, anyway. Uh, notably, uh, this is kind of um, yeah, more more um, we talked about this a, a couple months back actually how a lot of these uh, billionaires get uh, preferential treatment from the press because, uh, well, of course they're paying the bills, right? They're paying salaries of lots of people. They've um, they own conglomerates in uh, media companies, things like this, right? Uh, MSNBC clearly, uh, you know, MSN is Microsoft Network of the M- NBC thing, MSNBC, right? MSNBC. anybody ever watched the Howard Stern movie? Uh, anyway, so so. Uh, This this is a yeah. Anyway, Microsoft busted Bill Gates for inappropriate emails to female staffer, says the report. And uh, yeah, well, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, Microsoft executives once ordered Bill Gates to stop sending flirty emails to a female subordinate, according to a new report. Uh, The alleged misbehavior occurred more than a decade before the Microsoft board learned of an affair between Gates and another female employee, which preceded Gates' divorce and resignation from the Microsoft board. Uh, Gates allegedly sent the frisky emails to a mid-level female Microsoft employee in 2007, While she was working as a full-time employee, the Wall Street Journal reported on Monday. He also reportedly asked her to meet up outside work hours and off the Microsoft campus. In 2008, other Microsoft executives found out about the alleged emails and met with Gates, according to the report. At the meeting, then-General Counsel Brad Smith and then-Chief People Officer... Really? Chief people officer. Is that a thing? Okay. All right. Uh, Then the chief people officer, Lisa Brummel, reportedly told Gates the emails were inappropriate and ordered him to stop. No mas, Bill Gates. No mas. Gates admitted that sending the emails was a bad idea and agreed to stop, according to the journal, which cited people familiar with the matter. Uh, there you go. There's then chief people manager, Lisa um, Romel. Uh, uh, the board reportedly decided against further action because Gates did not have physical contact with the employee. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, like I said, it's, it is it is strange that after so many years, the Bill Gates thing, like I said, they, they the press has a way of covering for these people because they do pay the bills. I mean, you know. Uh, for instance jeff bezos bought the washington post and you know then democracy died in darkness because he said so and that's basically how this shit works right it's like uh the political spin and they fake shit and they make you know omit details and try and try and tell you a bunch of BS that isn't true and of course cover for the bosses and the bosses in this case would be yeah that's right um bill gates So, so, uh, the notable thing about this in my mind is that not too long ago, maybe it's been a couple months now, uh, but we were talking about it on this show is that, uh, Bill Gates has been apparently a a dirty dog for a long ass time and it's just now sort of kind of leaking out. Right. Uh, It's not like the, you know, uh, what was he on? the Was he a friend of Epstein's? Maybe I don't even know. Right. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know those details, but it's it's one of those situations where I think I think that's why he got a divorce something like this. Right. Because he's been a dirty dog for a long time. And so I don't know. Right. This is this is this is part of the world we live in where, uh, you know, if you're if you got tons of money, uh, everybody blocks for you because, while well, you're paying the bills, you're writing the checks. And so, you know, no, nobody wants to take down the guy writing the checks because then the checks stop flowing, you see. And so we're supposed to believe that uh, uh, this world we live in is some sort of chaste place. Uh, and, and people, people have uh, you know are doing the right thing because there's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there you go. Someone forgot to tell someone that the proper word is personnel. Yeah, right, or something, or uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. It, seems, it seems like that's a funny, a funny term or human resources. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, pe- people manager or what, what was it called? I'm sorry. It was. It's too funny. We have to say it again. Uh, then, general counsel Brad Smith, and then chief people officer, chief people officer. All right. Well, if anybody's a people officer out there, uh, let me know because I'd love to hear what a people officer does other than uh, you know block for Bill Gates. But anyway, uh, like uh, again, this is a long list. If you now, now here's an interesting. I haven't, I didn't, I haven't done it myself. Okay, but I would suggest this is probably the case. All right. Now, if you try to search for some of the uh, Bill Gates' bad behaviors, I'll bet you, uh, sneakily, they're bumping them down... The search indexes, right? So as you know, right, they, they can cover up things when they don't want them to to be in your face. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of this reporting kind of get just gets pushed down to the bottom and you have to search forever to really find any legitimate articles or reporting about this. That's just the way the world works, right? You sweep it under the carpet because they're paying the bills and you move on. And uh, they, they just continue being monsters and treating people like commodities and like pieces of meat and all the rest of this stuff and anyway so on and so forth if you want to be part of the show you got comments on this or anything else 702-957-1037 or you can just uh click the discord link at troubledminds.org and uh hop on hop in the caller queue we'll put you on the show uh let's see um Yeah, I agree. I've never heard people officer use as a a, a position. So I don't know. It it seems like whatever. I kind of don't care. (laughs) These guys are a-holes, so whatever. Oops, that's not what you want to see. Let's go there. Let's do that instead. All right, let's go like this. Uh, Continue trucking. Let's keep on trucking. Let's go to uh, fizz.org. Yeah, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Death in space. Here's what would happen to our bodies. Yeah, now we're talking, right? As space travel for recreational purposes is becoming a very real possibility, there could come a time when we are traveling to other planets for holidays or perhaps even to live. Yeah, commercial space company Blue Origin has already started sending paying customers on suborbital flights, and Elon Musk hopes to start a base on Mars with his firm SpaceX. This means we need to start thinking about what it will be like to live in space but also what will happen if someone dies there. Uh Uh-oh. After death here on Earth, the human body progresses through a number of stages of decomposition. These were described as early as 1247 in Song Xi's The Washing Away of Wrongs, essentially the first forensic science handbook. First, the blood stops flowing and begins to pool as a result of gravity, a process known as liver mortis. Uh, Then the body cools to algor mortis, and the muscles stiffen due to uncontrolled buildup of calcium in the muscle fibers. This is the state of rigor mortis. Next, enzymes, proteins, which speed up chemical reactions, break down cell walls, releasing their contents. At the same time, the bacteria in our gut escape and spread through the body, blah, blah, blah. Okay, anyway, what happens in space? Well the different gravity seen on other planets will certainly impact the liver mortis stage and the lack of gravity while floating in space would mean that blood would not pool. Inside a spacesuit. rigor mortis would still occur since it was the result of the cessation of bodily fluids and bacteria from the gut would still devour the soft tissues. But these bacteria need oxygen to function properly and so limited supplies of air would significantly slow down the process. Microbes from the soil also help decomposition, and so any planetary environment that inhabits microbial actions such as extreme dryness improves the chances of soft tissue preserving. Uh oh. So are they saying that maybe, possibly, there's going to be a uh, uh, maybe sort of a mumm- mummification process? of people as they die in space uh, right or in on different planets or interesting right because uh think about the ancient egyptians they went to these great lengths to maybe um keep these bodies in some sort of working order for the, quote, afterlife, right? Well, what happens if uh, you kind of die in a deep freeze? And we've talked about cryogenics and things like this where, you know, if you freeze people, you can bring them back when the technology supposedly is well enough to do that, you know, uh, I don't know, hundreds of years from now, who knows, maybe DARPA is doing it now for all we know, but right so think about that in terms of a preservation, preserving the human body, the DNA, things like this. Uh, we'd be uh, basically turned into a popsicle, right? You, you, uh, you turn this into from, from uh, well, uh, all this uh, gross, grotesque happenings down on Earth to, well, uh, you, you, if you pass away in space, you become a space popsicle. It's a space peanut. No, in this case, it's a space popsicle. And it's you. Well, you know, hopefully it's not you. Hopefully it's not anybody. But you get the idea here: is that uh, different things happen uh, when you remove humans from the Earth? And so, yeah, there's some weirdness to this. Uh, but uh, uh, notably, again, uh, and <laughs> Night Stalker, <laughs> space ghosts. There you go. Where does that's that's another good one too. If you if you uh, haunt a particular area when you pass away in space, what is it? Would it be a nebula or a solar system or the asteroid belt? Oh, space ghost. Uh, What's up, guys? What's up, guys? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, we're going to keep on trucking, talking about weird stuff and weird news like we always do. And uh, if you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link, and we'll put you on the show. All right. Uh, Let's do do a quick break. Word from our sponsor, which is you, by the way. And uh, let's go. No corporate interests uh, are are, uh, part of making this. (laughs) this show Uh, sponsor is you be right back Okay, let's keep on trucking. We got Scientific American. Uh this is uh this is an opinion piece and uh it's 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 pretty fantastic. This is from October thirteenth. Uh planetary defense is good, but is planetary offense better? It seems like uh it seems like you should rip some music out, you know, with some uh with some Planetary offense. Get them. Get them, right? Uh, yeah, less than eight years from now, on Friday the 13th, April 2029, a 370 meter wide asteroid called Apophis will pass by the Earth, coming nearer to our planet than geosynchronous satellites. But despite the calendrical bad omen, this will be a lucky day. Apophis will not strike our planet. This time, anyway. Its orbit ensures Apophis will visit us again in 2036, 2051, 2066, and so on. In 2029, though, this asteroid's passage will instead be a cosmic close shave, the equivalent of a speeding bullet brushing against the hairs on your head, in which the bullet carries the equivalent impact energy of all the world's nuclear arsenals combined. Yeah, it sounds hot, doesn't it? That sounds like a fantastic movie in the making. Such dangerous liaisons are shockingly frequent. On September 30th, 2054 and September 23rd, 2060, an even larger asteroid packing an even more potent wallop, the half-kilometer-wide Bennu that was recently discovered by NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, will also swoop close to Earth. Neither Bennu nor Apophis are large enough to be existential threats. Their impacts could destroy cities and devastate geographical regions, but would not send humanity spiraling into extinction like the 10-kilometer-wide impactor that snuffed out the dinosaurs some 66 million years ago. Still, these asteroids remain especially worrisome because the further into the future we look, the harder it becomes to know with certainty whether or not any particular encounter will result in a disastrous impact event. Okay, anyway, uh, the, the funny part about this is, uh, it, well, what's better than a good defense? The old football adage goes, uh, you know, the best defense is a good offense, actually, is how it goes. Uh, and so what they're talking about is being able to shoot nukes at these things, which we've talked about in the past, right? Is that uh, they're now describing uh, computer models are saying that if we shoot a nuclear uh, warhead at these things, uh, and hit them before they hit us, it would actually sort of, uh, uh, serve to vaporize them at least in an, in a manner enough, uh, to cause, you know, you, you, bust, bust the big rock into a bunch of tiny rocks and then a bunch of tiny rocks burn up in the atmosphere and you're, you're good to go. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, the best defense is a good offense. That's how the saying goes, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, you, you you, tell me. I have no idea. But uh, this, uh, th- why not, right? I mean, why not? I mean, if we're talking about shooting things in the sky, why not? Because, yeah, may as well do it with nukes. Uh, yeah, well, what can you do? All right, we're going to keep on trucking, talking about this, and let's see. What else do we got? What else do we got? Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. What goes up must come down. Yes. All right. So uh, this is from the thenextweb.com. This is pretty good stuff. Uh, classical physics make time travel impossible. But what about timeless travel? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A pair of scientists from the UK recently published a preprint, pre-print research paper discussing the theory of a universe with no beginning. Imagine it. Our universe has always existed. The Big Bang either never happened or it was simply another event in the infinite history of itself. On the surface, it sounds counterintuitive. According to the researchers, a quantum physics paradigm called a causal set structure makes it possible for the universe to exist beyond its perceived origin. Yeah. Uh, Per the duo's paper, did time ever begin? It is hard to decide which answer is more unsettling the idea of an infinite past with no beginning, or the concept of such a beginning, the birth. Of the universe. Stephen Hawking proved that general relativity breaks down at a Big Bang singularity, but left open the possibility that the Big Bang is not the beginning of time, but rather that it was preceded by a quantum gravity era, which cannot be captured by general relativity. The question of the beginning of time must therefore be addressed within a theory of quantum gravity. Yep. Yep. So what is quantum gravity? What does that have to do with time travel? Well, the answer to the second question is everything. But the first question is a bit more complicated. Quantum gravity at its most basic is what scientists think occurs when classical physics become mathematically nonsensical around quantum phenomena such as black holes and we've talked about uh, qu- uh, quantum uh, the quantum world and you know uh, this type of thing, the micro macro bit, and how the the two the two worlds um, are not necessarily obviously compatible okay they 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 react different ways clearly if you if you touch something you know if you tap 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 on something you're touching it and it's static and it stays there but on a quantum level and that's not true at all heisenberg uncertainty principle quantum entanglement uh all that weirdness there's there's some weirdness there that uh you you know the the uh particle wave duality there's some weird things going on at the quantum level and by the way Yes, us. We're also mostly empty space, quantum stuff going on inside of us. So clearly there's a connection to the two worlds, um, but it's not obvious what that connection happens to be. So, you know, as as you start to uh, try and put all this together, uh, we've talked about this in the past a little bit, the theory of everything. Uh, Well, uh, maybe we're talking about time travel. So the only surefire way to travel through time is to move through space at near light speed, they say. Theoretically speaking, a person traveling at such a speed would physically experience time at a slower rate than someone standing still on a planetary body. The same would ring true for someone caught in the quantum gravity of a black hole. However, all three persons would observe time at the normal rate. If you were on a spaceship traveling at light speed, uh, your watch would still appear to be ticking off seconds normally. Obviously, this doesn't help us much if we want to go back in time and invest in Microsoft or flash forward 100 years to see what Grand Theft Auto 8 is like. That's totally what I'd want to do. Uh, But uh, that might be the best we can muster. If the universe has no beginning, it's conceivable that time travel isn't possible because time and space are essentially the same thing. Oh boy! There you go. There you go. There's the, uh, there's there it is. Time and space are essentially the same thing. Uh, timeless travel. What if there was no beginning, no big bang? What if time always was and time always is, no beginning and no end? Hmm. All right. Wrap your head around that one. All right. Anyway, let's go uh, back to space a little less mind bending and go to uh, fizz.org. Back to fizz.org. Astronomers see white dwarf switch on and off for the first time. Remember, we talked about this. We talked about is there some mechanism where maybe stars just shut themselves off and then turn themselves back on because uh, there's there's this weird phenomenon happening where uh, stars are just disappearing from the night sky. They, they did this sky survey back in the 1950s, and they're matching it now with um, with uh, particular uh, new sets, uh, new data sets, and they're realizing that a lot of stars have just Vanished. Uh, they estimated somewhere in the range of 800 of these stars are gone from about a tenth of the visible sky, the visible universe from, from Earth. So uh, we have a problem, Houston, don't we? And so in this, uh, maybe this is what's going on. So astronomers see White dwarfs switch on and off for the first time. Uh, the researchers led by Durham University UK used NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, which is TESS, to observe the unique phenomenon. White dwarfs are the most stars, uh, are what most stars become after they have burned off the hydrogen that fuels them. They are approximately the size of the Earth, but have a mass closer to that of the Sun. The white dwarf observed by the team is known to be accreting, or feeding, from an orbiting companion star. With the new observations, astronomers saw it lose brightness in 30 minutes, a process only previously seen to occur in accreting white dwarfs over a period of several days to months. The brightness of an accreting white dwarf is affected by the amount of surrounding. surrounding. Surrounding material it feeds on, so the researchers say something is interfering with its food supply. They hope the discovery will help them learn more about the physics behind accretion, what objects like black holes, white dwarfs, and neutron stars feed on surrounding material from neighboring stars. So interesting, uh, as usual. We'll keep an eye on this as the uh, they crank these papers out and talk about stuff and discover weird shit because this is weird shit. And, uh, yeah, maybe this can help explain why uh, stars are just disappearing from the night sky. Maybe they're going to turn on again soon. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Cross your fingers. Uh, But, uh, yeah, pretty weird stuff with this. And what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, only time will tell, and so uh, let's keep on trucking. You want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That number's persistent, by the way, so if you uh, are listening to an archive of this at some point and you want to have an idea, you want to call and share it, uh, please do. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail, and uh, we can play it on the show. All right, let's uh, keep on trucking. There's more. There is more. There's always more, isn't there? All right. Uh, Let's see. Wow, so many ads. Oh, my goodness gracious. On the Daily Mail, so many ads. These guys are just... uh. Okay. Anyway, let's go to this. Yeah. Uh, Scientists discover limestone rocks in Italy that confirm the Earth's poles wandered 12 degrees nearly 84 million years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But the planet corrected itself and snapped back into place over the next 5 million years. All right now think of this in terms of uh we have talked about the the uh the actual poles kind of wandering now. And so the question is does it are they going to snap back or are they going to keep on wandering to the pole shift, right? Which which a lot of a lot of the conspiracy uh, world is, you know, freaking out about so they can, you know, sell you um uh, what are they selling? Uh, food kits, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You having you know two to three buckets of these food kits will save you from a pull shift. Uh, anyway, uh, just you know, just just using some common sense here. But uh, Earth's Earth's hard outer shell wobbles over the eons have occurred to an extent much greater than previously thought, according to a new report. Researchers led by geologist Joe Kirschvink at Tokyo University's Earth Life Science Institute, the ELSI, found evidence in Italy that the Earth's crust tilted 12 degrees south about 84 million years ago. 12 degrees is pretty significant, by the way. Uh, That might not seem like a lot, but would have been more than 1,000 miles, enough to push New York City to where Tampa, Florida is now. Imagine looking at Earth from space. Kirschvink said in a release true polar wander would look like the earth tipping on its side. And what's actually happening is that the whole rocky shell of the planet, the solid mantle and crust is rotating around the liquid outer core. Schwink and his team analyzed paleomagnetic data from pink Scalia Rosa limestone found in central Italy's Apennine Mountains, which was created in the Cretaceous period between 145 and 65 million years ago when T Rex roamed the planet give me more t-rex because why not hell yes uh the region crosses the boundary of a major geomatic re- geomagnetic reversal known as the cron 33r 33n n transition about 80 million years ago and if you look at the the uh the graphic here it gives you an idea of how far this tipped before it snapped back and again notably look at the um Look at the the time frame. They said it, it took 5 million years to correct itself. So it wandered 12 degrees nearly 84 million years ago, but it corrected over 5 million years. So uh, if this is the type of scales we're looking at, uh, we probably don't have to worry about too much, do we? I mean, 5 million years. Uh, I think probably only Bill Gates and Elon Musk will live that long. But, uh, yeah, for us, I don't know. What's up, Jay? Gloom and doom. Yes, uh, don't forget to buy your uh, Patriot buckets of... Um, uh, food that will outlast a pole shift no I'm just kidding all right let's uh there we go let's keep on trucking and finish this sucker up this is from the register uh yeah, the register the register the register dot com think your phone is snooping on you. Hold my beer, says Basic Physics. And yes, uh, you're going to see why. Uh, Yep. uh, Last week's story of a researcher picking up and decoding the wireless emissions of an Ethernet cable is mildly interesting. It was the most labby of lab-based demos with every possible tweak applied to maximize the chances of it working. It's not even as if it's a new discovery. The effect and its security implications have been known since the Second World War, when Bell Labs demonstrated to the U.S. Army that a wired teleprinter encoder called SIGTOT, S-I-G-T-O-T, was vulnerable. It could be monitored at a distance, and the unencrypted messages extracted by the radio pulses it gave off in operation. Here's that paper, by the way, uh, also on the register.com, where they talk about this. LAN traffic can be wirelessly sniffed from cables with a $30 setup, says researcher. And yep, yep, exactly. Uh, there it is. Um, uh, weirdness, right? uh so yeah uh basically uh yeah the, the surveillance state is what it is and uh, not only that it's it's growing and growing and getting bigger and more bulbous and uh right just uh more um yeah ubiquitous let's say and so this is just another way of well they're saying this has been a thing all along it's always been a thing And uh, you can uh, basically, yeah, wirelessly sniff from cables, land traffic, right? Uh, Which is just like an Ethernet cable. So you don't even need uh, to pick up a Wi-Fi signal. If everything's wired, you're able to pick up this data anyway and decode it and, well, yeah. So anyway, you get the idea here. There's there's a lot. If you want to read these articles in their entirety, that's why I link them so you guys can check it out. And uh, dig into this if you want to. There's a lot. As usual, there's a lot uh, regarding this stuff because um it's it's a uh it's not so simple as just, you know, you read the headline and that's it. I mean, that's that's how, that's how what they want us to think and they want us to believe so that they can, you know, feed us BS headlines and we have to believe it. Uh, but things are more complicated than that. Things are more difficult than that. Things are not necessarily like they're trying to tell us, and so that's why we do the news uh, like we do it. And so there you go. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about that and everything else? As you know, uh, like I said, the phone number is persistent. If you guys have comments on this or anything else, uh, join the Discord. Lots of fine people over there, troubledminds.org, 702-957-1037, and I've been working around the clock here trying to get some things out, Uh, got another uh, uh, Midnight Mass video coming, Uh, most of that's done, I'll have that hopefully up, let's see, time-wise, I don't know if I'll get to that before the show tonight, but we will hopefully be able to crank that out tonight, or sometime tomorrow early uh so just uh just working just trying to get some marketing done here and some uh some fantastic videos and content out there because there's uh again as always there's a ton of things to talk about, so we're gonna keep doing it, keep trucking, keep doing our things and talking about weird stuff and uh, looking at the world in a different way because well, that's what it deserves i think uh this this human way they've been telling us is uh, less less ideal, and uh well, yeah, so there we go, uh yep, let's see jim baker's buckets yeah right yeah don't forget to buy the patriot buckets uh you know because uh yeah they'll survive your pole shift and the asteroid impact um so anyway uh we're, we're about to get out of here so uh, tonight i believe are we still doing this we got james and uh derek in the chat there are we still doing uh uh midnight mass tonight after troubled minds can we get a uh, can we get a hell yeah if you guys are still into that uh, we've got to get episodes four five six seven and uh, recap that and really this shit went off the rails if you guys missed it so uh, last week we did uh, on Monday we did uh, with Derek uh, and the Night Stalker and uh, James of Salcedo Paranormal we did uh, the first three episodes of Midnight Mass kind of discussing uh, how the story begins to develop and uh, it's, a, it's a nice Halloween story it's one of those weird um, uh, anyway if you haven't seen it i recommend you see it if you have seen it or if you don't mind spoilers, uh, do check, uh, check out the podcast. It's right there on the podcast feed, or you can find it on Rockfin or YouTube. And, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot to talk about because the first three episodes sort of set it up and the next four are just hitting home run after home run. So it kind of goes off the rails and turns into uh, well, yeah, a monster movie as of, of such. So, uh, if you're into that, uh, we'll be doing that tonight after troubled Minds. So coming up tonight's troubled minds at 7 PM Pacific per usual. And then, uh, After that, uh, we will have um, approximately 30 minutes after Troubled Minds ends, about 10 p.m., uh, we will do about approximately 10 30 pacific time we will begin talking about midnight mass we'll have a uh, night stalker we'll have uh james of salcedo paranormal and i believe rohan's going to be in as well so that's what's up that's what we're doing tonight so if you guys are into that well uh yeah i'd love to see you there and let's uh let's wrap this up let's finish as we finish you guys know the drill uh, what is the drill i don't know the drill Maybe you do. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, The bad news is we're done. The good news is, well, God willing, we'll be back in about uh, two hours and 49 minutes for a Troubled Minds episode. And then after that... After that, even, Monday's Marathon Day, we will then have, uh, yes, the final discussion of the last four episodes of Midnight Mass with Night Stalker and James of Salcido Paranormal, and we'll be uh, talking about amazing things tonight. So, as usual, uh, please spread the word if you want to support the show. There's a thousand ways to do it. Uh, Free ways as well. Join the Discord. Spread the word. Uh, Word of mouth still helps in this digital day and age. And, uh, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. So, as we finish... this is Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We'll be back tonight, two hours and 49 minutes from now, more Troubled Minds coming at you. Don't miss it, 7 p.m. Pacific. And then after that, a discussion about Midnight Mass on Netflix. So there it is. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's do it. You guys are the best. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being part of this. Thanks for caring. And uh, we'll see you tonight. Have a great afternoon.